Hello everyone, welcome back to AV Art Club. I am Chris Clamp, and as always, I am joined with my partner in all things... Lauren Piemont. So tonight, we have an interesting discussion for you. Uh, for reference, we are recording on Friday, January 27th, 2023. It is 8 p.m., and we have made some tea to enjoy this conversation. Yeah, we've got our tea. We've got some candles going. It's mm. a Friday night moody podcast session. Mm -hmm. Bon appetit. No, what is it? Bon appetit. Yeah. Yeah, bon appetit. <laughs> Thank you. We have a, a very interesting and uh, helpful discussion, I think, with a few of our listeners that are still maybe in school might uh, gain some knowledge from. Uh, it is a controversial topic, and uh, if you've gotten to listen to many of our episodes or you know us, uh, you know that sometimes we can be controversial, and uh, that's okay. We're just trying to lay some truth down, and sometimes the truth can be a little divisive. Yeah, this is a topic that comes up a lot between us and has come up more and more lately. Um and it is the eternal question of whether or not to get a master's degree. Um, and we can't speak to other fields. We're just talking about art, just to be clear. So, Chris, do you have a master's degree? No, I do not. <laughs> Lauren? I certainly don't. Shame on you. I know. We're, we're uneducated and stupid. We're missing out on life. Um, but <laughs> we actually both made that decision very intentionally and we kind of want to talk about why we don't think that master's degrees are the end all be all and yeah, our own personal experience with not needing them. I don't know how we should jump into this conversation, but just as a little lead on this part, um, while I was in school when I was at Winthrop University. I'm sure with if, with our audience members, to those of you that are listening right now, you probably have been in the position before where you are going to get your, your bachelor's degree. And many people are kind of assuming and almost encouraging you to get your um, master's degree next. It just seems like it's the next thing. Like, well, you got that. Have you applied to graduate school next? And, and they almost kind of beat you over the head about it. Um, anyway, not to jump too far ahead into our discussion, but I was in a similar position to this and a teacher at my school, um, had kind of asked me what my, my intentions were. And we had this discussion and he had encouraged me not to go to graduate school, at least not straight out of um, undergrad, to get a little work experience under my belt first and really think it through, find myself first. And, and I'm so grateful for that uh, little bit of information I received from him. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny because if you tuned into our previous episode, it was with a special guest, my sister, Erin Piemont, who went straight from college into a PhD program. Um, but she's in yeah. English literature, and I can't speak to that. Um, 
I'm just only going to talk about my experience. So when I was in college, um, I can't really say I remember a lot of people encouraging students to go into master's programs. Maybe sometimes, um, obviously professors want you to stay in school and like keep learning and it is a business. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's super tempting when you're, you're kind of staring down the barrel of the gun of the real world and you're like, uh, maybe I'll just stay in school a little bit longer. Um, I don't remember that being as big of a push in art history as it was in my other major philosophy. Um, essentially all you can do with a philosophy degree is teach high school or go get your PhD. And I didn't end up double majoring in philosophy. I actually dropped it down to my minor because I needed to graduate. Uh, I wish I could have stayed a little longer and uh, did, did both, but it just wasn't in the cards. But anyway, um, in art history, I don't know. I just don't remember it being pushed. I think there were definitely people who were like slated for more school and I just was not one of them. I had a lot going on in my personal life at the time and it was important to me to just graduate and start a new chapter, which is what I did. Well, I guess this conversation we're, we're going to have tonight in the podcast can be very interesting because you can speak about it from that perspective as art history. And I can speak, speak about it in terms of um, studio stuff. So I guess like the MFA versus what is in art history is just an MA. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, I, well, like with an MFA, just to kind of simplify things, that same teacher that, that kind of encouraged me to take a little time to get to know myself first before going into graduate school to pursue an MFA. Um, he and several other people since then had told me like, do you want to teach? And you know, what do you do? I'm like, well, I guess I don't know. Well, if you don't want to teach, you don't really need an MFA. And if you did want to teach at a collegiate level, then, um, yeah, you, you, you do need an MFA asterisk, um, that, that quite often is some sort of a prerequisite. However, I have seen, uh, teachers hired without an MFA just because they have the work experience and all the other experience that kind of, um, waves that so anyway just talking about jobs that's where that degree becomes relevant slash irrelevant what do you have to say in regard to like an art history masters um well I think I've talked about this in a previous episode maybe a couple but when I was in college it was always my thought that I would go on to work at like a museum or something something nonprofit. um because I just, I thought that was the better option. Um, and in that circle, I think you do, people encourage you to get MFAs or MAs, whatever, um, because that kind of dictates how far you can move up in like the chain of a museum. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to need an advanced degree to get out of that, like 
$35,000 a year salary tier, um, you know, and maybe if you keep going, you really needed a PhD. I mean, it used to be that curators needed PhDs. There are a lot of curators floating around these days that don't have PhDs, but at least in school, <laughs> you are told that they're all supposed to have PhDs in art history. Um, so I, even though, you know, graduating was my priority and I was like excited to get away from school for a little bit and see what else I could rustle up. Um, I did always kind of think I would go back to school and I think it, it wasn't very long um, that I was out of school that I realized I was never going back. Yeah. Well, kind of like what you just said, like I, I thought that I was going to go back to school and get a master's degree uh, at some point years down the road. I graduated with my BFA, concentrating in painting, and then pretty much right out of college, I landed that job at Gerald Melberg Gallery as a art handler, and it was a part-time position, and I had another um, night job that I was doing until... Um, it, it became apparent that I needed to be at the gallery full time and was hired on full time. And, um, and it, it just was amazing. Like within the first several months of working at the gallery, I learned more than I, uh, was taught in my four and a half years at, at college. Um, and I was gaining extremely valuable lessons in uh how the the art business works i mean things that um that you don't learn in a book that no one can really tell you you just have to learn through through being in the business and experiencing it um but there were moments where i thought well maybe i will try to go back to school after so many years or whatever because i thought that i would maybe want my mfa but um you know, it was all about the timing as well, because I had this amazing job. I didn't, I did just didn't know how to do both things. And, uh, again, like I mentioned a few moments ago, I spoke with someone and, and they said, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to teach? And, uh, I, I really, I don't want to teach. I mean, I have taught before, but I do not want a full-time teaching position at a college. And anyway, the person I spoke with said, well, well then don't go get an MFA because all you're going to do is go heavily in debt for this degree if it's just for yourself. Um, and the other thing, well, I can go into this later. It's another long tangent. I'll tear into your opinion next, Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, well, yeah, I I mean, I was just going to get into the territory of like, I mean, I'm not a visual artist, but I've observed a lot of visual artists who show a lot of promise out of undergrad, and then they go to <laughs> an MFA program, and you're like, wow. Yeah, that's funny that ruined. you just went into that, because that's, that's why I paused, because okay. I was about to go into that tear, and I was like, oh, this is going to be kind of a long rant of mine, so I thought I'd give you the floor in case there was another thing, but yeah, you're absolutely right, like, colleagues of mine, other people I've known, other artists that I've um, just kind of watched 
um, from a distance, they would be making amazing work in undergraduate. Like they were really, really on something that seemed uh, very new and fresh and kind of unique and, and very interesting. And then they end up going to graduate school to get their MFA. And then they like just stop painting or drawing or whatever. They stop making art like that. And they start making art like everyone else. And it just confuses me so much because the, the, the college, the graduate school that is taking them on must have liked their work enough to actually accept them into the program. But a big part of the program is to essentially like break you or steer you into some other direction. And, and it's just, yeah, I, I, it just upsets me so much. Like you were saying, Lauren, it's, it, it changes some artists to the point where, uh, why did, why did you do that? Why did you change your work? Yeah. Um, something that I've noticed is like artists will go get their MFA and, it's not like they're like encouraged to make art like everyone else. It's like some teacher has like boiled down like what was good about their work into like one like obscure avenue and they're just going down this avenue and their work is getting further and further away from what it originally was and it's like really weird now and maybe they're like painting on like shaped canvases all of a sudden and making like weird objects and I just I think that you know it's kind of like they gotta give you your money's worth so they take something good and they change it and it's like that expression, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, And that's the way I feel with masters in art history. Like, Depending on what you're going to do with it, um, at least for me as like a writer, I don't want my writing to be like ruined by academia because academic writing and the way they encourage you to write and think are very, very specific and very different from the way that I want to write and has a different audience than I want to have. Um, and like, I don't know. I think sometimes when you're like a creative and you're successful, like instead of letting someone come in and just like change the whole landscape of your creative process, you need to sort of like double down on your own in your own ways like get really set in your own ways and just like perfect it like you already know like what you're doing like you don't need someone to be like well what if you made all of your paintings blue like you know it's not like a cheesy school assignment like just hone your craft I think is yeah. the point. yeah no those are great points I, I know that people that um I've known that have gotten their MFA while in the program. They they call they call these um, critiques or these like meetings with your advisors. They call them defense meetings or something defense. I'm kind of I'm I'm losing some of the words, but it's something like that where it almost sounds like they're they're coming at you, and you have to know so much about where you're going in your direction that you can defend your stance and where you are and your, your work to kind of uh, impress your advisors enough. And I, I get the point. I get it. 
but at the same point, it's kind of like what Lauren was saying. Like, are, are they trying to steer you in some direction to make you feel like, you know, you're, you're actually paying them to do something. I know that I'm sounding very critical about the whole program because, and I don't mean to bash it that much because there's a lot of people that have gotten their graduate degrees and they're, they're amazing artists and, and they've had wonderful experiences. And I think that's, that's great. I'm happy for them. But, um, I guess one thing I just want to say is that there is another way like you, that is not something that you have to do. If you're listening to this right now and you're in an undergraduate program, you're probably thinking, what am I doing next after this? And hopefully in this discussion, we're going to give you um, a few things to think about. Yeah. I mean, I just kind of think the age of the expert is over. Um, Not like to discount education because I think it's really important, but just to be more in charge of your own education. I mean, no one's an expert in anything. Like the world is like too big and mysterious. Like that's sort of like this false narrative that's probably you know, very Western, like weird colonial thing. And it's kind of time to just like move away from that. And just, you know, if you've got like some creative gift, whether it's visual arts or whatever, like that's like special and you should be like the steward of that more so than like other people coming in and like changing what you're doing or like testing you or, you know, pushing you to some limit. I mean, that's not, it's really not very creative. (laughs) And if you look at like a lot of even recent history of art, like, I mean, like Andy Warhol didn't go get an MFA. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it's not really where real creativity is born. I would say. Yeah, I agree with you. My, my opinion and my suggestion is just go to your studio and work, master your craft, write, read, understand more about what it is that inspires you and why you feel so compelled to to just pour out your heart onto canvas or paper or in the three-dimensional sculptural realm. Like, what is it that, that compels you to do these things and understand it more? Like, someone in a graduate school program is not going to necessarily... Um, help you with understanding these things you you will understand them better on your own but it takes that dedication um, to your craft uh, to actually get there and oh, I'm sorry go ahead no you finish your thought J- just one last little thing is is like you were saying Lauren with like that fear of finishing your undergraduate program and you're going out into the real world and, and there's this kind of like this fear and it almost seems like a little um, uh, more comfortable to go into school once again for another two-year program or however long it's going to be to get your MFA or whatever the program is. Um, There is also a similar comfort level in at least studio art um, courses because you've been spending say the past four years in a studio classes to get your bachelor's degree and you're surrounded by other fellow art students there's this community and you all inspire one another you help one another there's even this sort of 
competitive nature that, that helps you get through. But whenever that ends and you leave school and you go wherever you're going next, if it's, even if it's just back to your parents until you figure out the next step, it's really hard to create work without that community there. And so I understand the draw then of saying, well, I got to keep this going. If I, I won't produce art anymore unless I go to graduate school. And I'm just trying to encourage you that you got to find that passion on your own and build that. Yeah, you really do. I mean, I think you can't even know if you are really interested in something sometimes when you're in school because you know, you're doing all this research and learning, but it's all like for a grade, you know, someone's quote unquote making you do it. And you kind of have to get out in the big wide world and say, well, would I do this on my own? If there was no grade, if there was no like program, no community, no like parents not to disappoint or money not to waste, like, would you just do it? And Chris and I have talked a lot about how like since school, you know, we've learned probably more about art history and art than we ever learned in school at this point. I mean, it's crazy. Like we were also discussing how in art history courses, you don't learn anything about the biography of artists. I mean, everything I've learned like biographical about artists has been stuff I learned on my own, like after school, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, post graduating, like watching YouTube documentaries and reading books, you know, like I never stopped being involved with the study of art history. And that's not because I worked at a gallery, because when you work at a gallery, you focus on pretty much everything but art history, unfortunately. And sometimes fortunately, but like, I never let that flame go out in my life. And then like, living with Chris, like even strengthened it because he's even more of a like, documentary, like book kind of person. Always be learning. Than I tend to be and like together. We just, I don't know. (laughs) We'll spend like months just like binging on this stuff. Yeah, I love it. And learning so much. So but you have to kind of like figure out is that what you would do like if you were out of school would you keep doing what your degree is in or would you just get really interested in something else and you kind of owe it to yourself really to figure that out first wow that was all very good you could almost drop the mic now and end it <laughs> no yeah that was good but no it's it's so true um well Something that you all, if you're in a position of like you're in school and you're trying to figure out, well, what do I do next? One thing I would I would encourage you to consider, this is something that, that we've learned along the way, is what is it that you would like to do? Let's say you do want to work in a museum and that is like your ultimate goal. You want to be a curator or... Um, a registrar, whatever at a museum. Well, you, you may need that, that extra level of, of learning. Maybe you having a master's degree would help you. Maybe it doesn't. It's all these things that you kind of add to yourself that add another feather to your cap. It's like if you were, 
uh, you're a painter and you apply for a residency and you get one or you apply for a grant and you get this this grant like all of these are accolades and honors that you that you receive that actually um, make you stand out and look more impressive to someone else, at least on paper. And it's kind of the same thing with some of these degrees. If you're applying for a job where higher learning is um, a bit more expected or requested. Um, so that's something to consider. Uh, those of you that are studio artists, as you have probably heard in this conversation you you don't need uh the degree to make you a better artist i mean lauren and i have worked in commercial galleries now for like over 20 years collectively um together and and then i now show in a commercial gallery a commercial gallery does not care where you got your degree whether you have a master's degree or you have received um, an honorary doctorate or anything like that, what matters is your work and whether they can build a market for it. Yeah, no, they're definitely not looking at that. And they're really not looking at that. Like if you want to work at a gallery either, I mean, uh, I don't, let's see, one person I work with has a master's degree. And that's it. And I think her focus was like medieval art and we are a modern and contemporary art gallery. So yeah. it truly doesn't matter. I mean, uh, I was going to make another point and I forgot. So well, you go ahead. Oh, well, I've got <laughs> something that, that kind of bounces into that. Maybe you'll remember your topic during this. But anyway, Lauren and I, we were visiting some galleries not too long ago. And we were having this this very in-depth discussion with the uh, the owner of the gallery about the philosophy of the gallery, their collectors and their markets, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they had a very, very um, interesting way in which they, they, they saw the vision of their gallery being very open to the community, very inviting to everyone. And he told us about how their gallery director, how they had, they had, ended up hiring this person this person worked at a, at a local coffee shop and they loved how this person uh handled their local clientele and was so well loved and respected and they they had great people skills and how that was much more important for him to hire this person to work in his gallery versus um someone with some stellar uh a degree from an amazing prestigious art school. Yeah. And I guess for me, that's sort of at the other end of the spectrum that I also don't care for. I mean, I think we get a lot of people in, in the arts who just kind of float in just cause they think it's like fun and glamorous and like cute to be a part of the art world. And I do think that it is like a, a, a special like sacred tradition and you need to like be studied in it but like what I'm saying is like you be the director of that study like you don't need a piece of paper from an institution of higher learning for that but like you do need like a devotion and like a sort of insatiable 
like unquenchable thirst for the knowledge of art i'm just saying like do it yourself you know yeah yeah it is something that you definitely have to live um well there were some other things we want to discuss like i know that you all are so we've been talking about mfas and like masters of art history and there's been a large number of other master programs graduate level programs that we've seen pop up and other um, universities um, that seem very popular. We've seen several like uh, museum studies graduate. Oh, yeah, there's this rise in administrative degrees. And to me, I can think of nothing that would be a bigger waste of money, at least if you're getting like a studio or an art history degree. You know, you are learning stuff like, but just to learn like, administrative skills like that you need to learn that on the job anyway like you can't intellectualize your way into a managerial position like that's just they're just like totally ripping you off with that don't don't bother and i think when you start to get out into like job searching or whatever and you've got like a some weird art admin degree i don't even think people respect that very much or put a lot of stock in it anyway yeah yeah you're right about that um as as i've talked about uh, out of college i got this job at this commercial gallery and i learned so much in such a short period of time there so much more than i was taught in um in school in art school um and much of it was actually contrary to what i was taught in art school you know because in academia you're beat over the head but this is how you do it this is how you do it this is how you do it but a lot of those teachers aren't actually in the art world they're just involved in the the teaching world and and there's their own level of politics and and um and different sort of territorial things that happen in that in that environment so anyway you just kind of go with the punches and i end up at this this gallery job and and the director of the gallery is like no that that is absolutely wrong that is not how this stuff works in the art world and and this isn't just a gallery that's like small town little you know tourist gallery this is a gallery that works on a national level with some of the top galleries in you know in new york and and places like that with major artists so i'm like okay I believe what you're saying. And um, yeah, these things like the art admin degree, like Lauren was just saying, like we've had people that had flowed through with things like that. And it's, you know, you're learning stuff that, that is not something that, that actually is, is in practice in the actual art world. Yes. And just going off that, do not get one of those Sotheby's degrees either. What about Christie's? Do or, they have one? I don't, if they do, don't get it because that literally elicits laughter from people. Don't do it. It's a waste of money and it's just, it's sad. It's like, it's, I, I feel so sad for people I who get roped into that. I'm sure they're expensive and you have to live in New York, which is expensive on its own. So, <sighs> You just, like, you have to learn on the job. Um, And when you 
when you get out of school, you really, really understand the expression, those who can't do teach. And it's true. They Ouch. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's true. Well, one thing that I want to like piggyback off of that also is in the gallery world, like one thing that we were talking about with degrees and things like that, let's, let's just talk about the like a high level commercial gallery world. A lot of the people that may own these galleries and work at these galleries, and the, I'm talking about top galleries, capital A art world, they do not have art degrees and and art postgraduate degrees and things like that. These are businesses, you know, to run a gallery, you have to understand business and also how to manage people. And but don't come in there with a business degree, please. Yeah, don't do that. But also how to manage people, how to, how to understand people. Like there's so much about other things that you have to know that's like, not really part of the art stuff. Like you have to be passionate about the arts. You have to have an eye for the arts. You have to understand what art is, but it, it, it's so many different things. And this is like a little bit of a tangent, but whenever I worked at the, in the gallery as an employee and we would have to work with nonprofits. Sometimes it, it would just be f so frustrating. You'd pull your hair out because a lot of the people in like a museum setting, they sit on like a, like a, a golden throne and they, they think that they are so much more superior than those that work in a commercial gallery because there's all of these like rules and different, things that must be held at a museum and we only use this kind of glove and this kind of tape and 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 all of that is important but there's like this this attitude that some of them have but at the same point the the uh, work ethic in many ways is so low and it can be just so frustrating that at a commercial gallery a lot of times we ended up having to like do someone else's job because they wouldn't do it um at all because they have to go to a meeting or they have to do this first and anyway i'm going on a little bit of a rant here i'm just saying that that back to our episode on profit versus nonprofit kind of tells you a little bit about how we feel about this and where a lot of the actual education and where the actual art world exists it's not always in a museum um and it could, and the gallery itself is what builds the collector base and a community and everything. If you are in a community that has an art gallery, I would encourage you to go to your local gallery and, and just have some conversations with those that work there. Just build a little bit of a, of, of, a, of a nice rapport with them and maybe ask a little about their background. And you'll probably be surprised what their education is actually in. Yes. And, you know, sometimes that gets frustrating because we do have art degrees, even if they're only undergrad degrees. And we've also, like, devoted our entire lives to art 
and a lot of people will come in who haven't done that and that's frustrating but what I would say is I had no idea that I had an entrepreneurial spirit until I worked at a commercial gallery Hmm, no idea that was never something that was like encouraged in my life (laughs) or like exemplified by anyone really that I knew like closely and when I got in there and I started to like learn the ropes of the gallery and form a lot of my own opinions about what I would do if I were in charge like I just was like wow I don't And I have a boss now, but like, I don't want a boss forever. But if you're in these institutions, it's like, you're sort of, you've got this like golden handcuff, I guess they call it of like this steady job with benefits and you're always in service to X, Y, Z, but you're really serving nothing and no one and definitely not helping yourself. So I don't know, that's sort of. (laughs) if if I like heard myself like my past self of like 10 years ago heard me saying this she'd be like what the hell happened to you but it's just you know life teaches you lessons you didn't expect to learn yeah and the past few years of dealing with the pandemic many of us um learned that we need to do things in a different way either out of being forced to do them through the pandemic or we've kind of reached that that moment within ourselves or our society where we are kind of tired and fed up with doing something that we've always done or has kind of been forced upon us so we've all been kind of breaking that golden handcuff and um trying to forge our own path and that's one thing that we discussed a little bit two episodes ago i think and um that kind of goes into some of this discussion here is, is kind of forging that path on your own. Um, I guess to bring it back to our topic, like with the, the whole graduate degree MFA, for example, like, like learn and, and nurture your passion. I went to a four year program and sometimes I look back and I, and I wish I could have, gone and gotten my master's degree but it's too late now I'm, I'm I'm too um old to deal with that and even if I weren't the education I've picked up along the way the life experience I, I wouldn't trade it at all um and one thing that we touched on a few moments ago as well I um I remember after I'd graduated from college I started working at the gallery and, um, you know, like for three to five years or so after that, while I was working there, I encountered some of my colleagues that had gone to get their master's degrees and they were now trying to find out where they wanted to work or what they wanted to do. And, uh, I would encounter them at an arts function or they'd come into the gallery to, pick up a painting that was going to be on loan to, to an institution somewhere. And, um, and I could definitely like see how I felt like I had, um, a, a leg up in the game by 
not going to get my master's degree. Like I would have been several years behind where I was at that time, but that work experience just helped me out so much to, to push me to where I wanted to be. And while I was working, I was still painting and I was improving my, my painting craft, um, that whole time without going in debt. (laughs) Yes. That's an added bonus. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think when you're thinking about this whole MFA thing or MA, whatever, just like remember like what art really is. It's like open, it's wild, it's free, it's like against the system, it's supposed to be revolutionary. And how are you going to make an impact in that way if you're just like another product of the, the educational system I mean it's supposed to be like wild and we're just boiling it down to degrees and monetizing it and churning out graduates and like let's just stop yeah stop with all that yeah yeah in a way it's like if you don't have an MFA you almost become a little bit more unique like sometimes you'll see an amazing painter and you hear that that painter is self-taught like they never went to school at all and you're like wow that's amazing it's impressive I mean look at the rise of outsider art for that very reason yeah and then the whole MFA sometimes has become a bit of a joke actually in the art world because um like we'll when I worked in the the gallery setting, sometimes we would go to an art fair, like the Armory Show, for example, and there's all these, like, wild, crazy installation pieces, and, you know, it might look like just a trash can dumped in the middle of the art fair booth, and there's a price tag on the wall for, you know, $80,000, and we often would call that artwork uh, MFA thesis projects, because that's kind of what it looked like, and yeah, just so theoretical. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, we could devote another episode to this, but we could get into the whole atelier thing and how the rise of that, you know, you're like, oh, I don't want to go to a four-year college to learn about art. Like, fine. I want to go to this atelier and, like, learn from this master painter. And But in my opinion, everyone who comes out of an atelier paints the exact same way. And there's nothing artistic about any of it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of the the point as well, you know, is like... Which I hate this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like training you and one of the ateliers to like fi- be able to recreate and represent something um, in the closest possible way. And um, so there's a lot to be learned just through the the constant like re presenting of something um however you are right there is a lot of conceptual ideas that are lost because they're not focusing on that like I went to a four-year degree and it was a very four-year college and um and it was a conceptual program and um which was great because I feel like it helped me find my voice however like there wasn't much focus on how to handle paint. Like they didn't teach anything about oil painting or whatever. I had to teach myself how to paint oils and things like that on, on my own. But that's, I think that's so much more valuable and it. It like, 
you can feel it in your work that like you weren't just like taught this way to paint and this is what you're doing now it's like you discovered it and even if we all arrive at like similar conclusions about how to paint or whatever which we don't but say that we did like you can still just tell like when someone did it themselves versus they were just taught like what is a master painter that doesn't even make sense there's no such thing as that you just want someone to tell you how to paint Mm -hmm. and like I I don't really have a lot of respect for that either I guess I don't really respect any of it I just think that (laughs) you really really need to be like your own leader in Mm -hmm. this and when you do that your results are going to be so much better than if you don't do that. And you're going to be more happy. I mean, sometimes we talk about like success and people's definitions of success. And I think a definition of success that I really love is just like doing what you love and making a living at it. Like not being like a millionaire about it, but just like making any kind of living that you can live off of doing what you love. I mean, at least in America, we're supposed to spend like the majority of our lives working, like love what you're doing and like make it yours, you know? Yeah, that is so true. Right now, uh, working as a full-time painter, I feel like I've achieved success. Like I get up in the morning and, you know, after we have breakfast and everything, I'm in the studio uh, until dinner. Uh, sometimes after dinner and, and it's just, that is success. Just getting up and doing that, what I want to do. And, uh, it's been a long path. I've had to do a lot of things I didn't want to do to get here, but I'm six, I've achieved what I find to be successful. I make less money now. However, for now, for now, you know, if I am, working hard at it and I continue doing what I do like right now I'm I'm doing okay but it, it I I will just keep pushing it and um you know success will come in other forms later um but yeah like you were just saying a few moments ago about forging your own path like I um there were a lot of things that I wish I could have done many years ago like graduate school we've just talked about. Um, like I remember when I was in college, I wanted to like like travel internationally. I had some friends that went to Italy to study in the summer at a, at a program with UGA and Cortona, and I wanted to do it. But um, my family's pretty poor, and, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't do that. And I couldn't even afford to like go in debt or get student loans. It was just not even, that wasn't realistic. And I wanted to go study with Odd Nerdrum in Norway. But again, I couldn't afford any of that because I had to, I had to work to pay for an apartment and pay for part of my education. And so there was a lot that I, I wish I could have done, but where I am right now, it's exactly, everything has worked out the way I wanted. Like I, it, I'm glad that nothing else um, worked out because I had to forge my own path and I had to work really hard to get where I am right now. But where I am right now is exactly where I want to be. Yeah. And I I just think things that are like hard won are like more meaningful. I don't know. Maybe that's like some weird American idea, but like, 
you didn't need those opportunities that you weren't able to participate in. I mean, would they have been great? Like, yeah. Like, I encourage everyone to take all the opportunities that they can, but like, you don't need all these bells and whistles. Like, art, especially, is like a lonely, like, solitary pursuit. It's about you perfecting what you do. Like, you know, it's a microscopic little thing that you're doing and you're like honing it all the time, making mm-hmm. it better and better and better. You're not trying to like add new tricks to your bag. Like you're just trying to get good at your one trick, quote unquote. I saw this like quote recently and it was like the amateur does something until they get it right and the professional does something until they can't get it wrong and Mm. like that like that's it right there oh i love that remind me i need to write that down in my (laughs) sketchbook so good well have we covered it Probably so, at least for now. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, if you stuck with us, I hope that you got something out of this. I hope we did not offend you. If you do have a master's degree, that was not our intention. We are just trying to create a discussion. It's okay to be offended sometimes. (laughs) It's part of life. We have to remember that part of life. If you went to art school, we all have been in a critique class. We all built a thick skin. Yes, and it's all said with love. Yeah. All right, Lauren, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Lauren Piemont and on Patreon. Um, Lauren's Tarot is my page. And then you can find the podcast at AV Art Club on Instagram. And you can email us your questions to avartclubpodcast at gmail.com. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Excellent. Yes. Please subscribe to us. It really helps us out. If you leave a comment also, you can just tell us the name of your pet in the comments section (laughs) or something like that. Nothing crazy. Anything. Um, We just want to get to know you. Yeah. um, But if you want to subscribe so you get the latest episodes, um, that'd be great. And that'd help us out a lot. Um, You can follow me on Instagram at chrisclampart. And my website is chrisclampart.com. Well, thank you, everyone. And we will be back, hopefully, in a week. Yeah, talk soon. Test, test, test. We are testing. (laughs) Test. Test, test, test. (laughs)